You are listening to the Kensington Church Podcast, recorded live in Michigan. To learn more about Kensington, visit kensingtonchurch.org. Thank you for joining us today here at Midweek. If we have not met, my name is Andrew Kim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Kensington on staff here at the Troy campus. And we actually, something that we should all know is that I want you to know is that we actually moved Midweek out of our auditorium last month, and we moved it into our Troy chapel. And it's a beautiful, beautiful space. But one of the things about that space is, unfortunately, we are unable to stream from there. And so one of the things that we wanted to do is that we have not forgotten all of you who watch this online. And so we created this specific service for you. And where we're talking about the same things and we're, we're able to lean into God. And so we are so incredibly grateful that you are with us today. And, but before we actually jump into the passage, what's something that we also want to do is we want to take a moment to receive our offering. And something that I've said about this community is that you all are some of the most generous people that I have ever come across. And that it's because of your generosity that we have been able to communicate the hope, the love, the power of Jesus to people, not just here in our local area, but really all around the world. And I could really sit up here and tell probably for the next half an hour, tell you story after story of how your generosity has impacted people's lives. And so we are so incredibly grateful for you. And so if you would like to partner with us financially, there are a number of ways that you can do so. And all of these are electronically. And you can text the word Kensington to 77977 and follow those prompts. You can also go and give via our app. And if you do not have the app, you can just go to the app store and download it there and get it there. And it's a great resource to have. Or you can also go to our website as well, kensingtonchurch.org forward slash giving and give there as well. But I want to say thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your open-handedness. And so today we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture that's found in the very last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation. And when I was back in seminary, one of the classes that I took was on this book. And I remember on the very first day of class, our professor, he said to us, if you ever have an opportunity to teach from this book in the future, please do me a favor and please remind people that it's not called Revelations, it's actually called Revelation, singular because it was a single revelation that Jesus gave to his disciple John when he was exiled on the island of Patmos, which is a Greek island in the Aegean Sea. And part of the revelation were seven messages that Jesus wanted to communicate to seven churches in a region back then known as Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. And so we're going to be looking at one of these messages that Jesus sent and that he wanted to communicate to this church that was in this city called Sardis. And this is what Jesus said to them. He said, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me, dressed in white, for they are worthy. The one who is victorious will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches." And as I was thinking about this, and today we're going to be primarily focusing on the first three verses, but as I was thinking about 
these words in this passage, it reminded me of when my wife Robin and I were first married. And we actually got married in Boston. And for the first two years, we lived in a town that was just north of Boston. It was a great town. We loved living there. And one of the great aspects of this town was that there was a Chinese takeout restaurant that had a phenomenal reputation. And it had a reputation for not only having great food, but also giving out large portions. So of course we wanted to check it out. And so we went there one day and sure enough, they lived up to their reputation. And so it became our go-to Chinese takeout place. And wherever you live, you need one of these places. And so we found ourselves almost every single Friday night, we would order from them. And then of course we moved away. And so three years ago, when we were back in the area, of course, we went back. And honestly, I wish we hadn't. Because at that time, in our minds at least, they had this reputation of being this extraordinary restaurant. But when we went back, we found out that their food was meh, it was subpar, and their portions were now tiny. And we later found out that years before that they had gone through an ownership change and they were never the same again. And this restaurant is an example of a place where their reputation had outlived their reality. And this was also the case for this church community, for these people, these Jesus followers in the city of Sardis. Because this is what Jesus said, just to read that first verse again. He says, to the angel of the church in Sardis, write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. And so this church was known for being spiritually alive and vibrant, but in reality, they were really dead. And maybe that's the case for some of us. And maybe that when we look at our relationship with Jesus, that's where we are. Because maybe we have a reputation of being the spiritual person, of being somebody who's a spiritual leader. Maybe it's because we go to church every week. Maybe it's because we lead a small group or we give of our time in, our, in K-Kids, which is our children's ministry. Maybe it's because we've memorized a lot of Bible verses or can have these deep theological conversations. But if we're honest with ourselves, and if we honestly examine our relationship with Jesus, we see that we've been moving away from him for a long time. And our relationship with him isn't alive and active and dynamic, but rather it's stagnant and lifeless and withering away. And when we read Jesus's words to this church in Sardis, where he says, you have a reputation of being alive, but in reality, you're dead. We could read those words and say, you know what? That's me. And that's where I am. And maybe we were there and we've been there because of just difficult things that have happened in our life. And that maybe we've experienced deep disappointment. And that maybe when we look at our marriage, we look at our kids, we look at our health, we look at our career, we look at these different aspects, we look at our life, and it's not what we thought it would be. It didn't turn out the way that we wanted it to, and that we thought we would be moving in this direction, we thought we would be here, but we find ourselves in a very, very different place. And when we experience deep disappointment in our life, what can happen is that we can blame God and grow bitter towards him. And on this journey, when that begins to happen on this journey, what can happen is, is that we can begin to shut down and parts of us can begin to die. And maybe that's what's happened for some of us. 
Or maybe for others of us, maybe we find ourselves in this place because of busyness, because we're constantly going and going and going from the moment that our alarm goes off in the morning to the time that our head hits the pillow at night. It's just constant movement. And maybe it's because of our work schedule, which is crazy. Maybe school is crazy. Maybe our kids are moving in all of these different directions. Maybe it's church commitments, friends, family, whatever it may be. But because we're always going, 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 we find ourselves with no time to rest, no time for reflection, no time for prayer, no time for God. Or maybe for others of us, it's because we've said no to God for so long. And when God nudges, if you're anything like me, when God nudges me and he nudges me to do something that I don't want to do in my life, I usually don't say no to him. But usually what my response to him is, is maybe later. And if we continue to say maybe later, maybe later, what ends up happening is that ultimately that maybe later turns into a no. And maybe at some point in our life, God nudged us to take that first step towards forgiving that person who hurt us so deeply in our past. And we said, maybe later. And then he nudged us again, and we said, maybe later. And that maybe later turned into a no. Or maybe he was nudging us and asking us to give or serve in a way, but we knew that if we said yes to him, it would would require us to sacrifice, to trust him in a bold and radical way, something that we weren't ready to do. And so we said again, maybe later, God, maybe later, and it turned into a no. And maybe we used to feel God nudging us in this way to do this, to move in this way, but we don't anymore. And maybe it's because it's of our continual no's that he stopped asking or we stopped listening. And so what do we do when we find ourselves in this place where, where our faith has eroded, where our relationship with Jesus, where we're not moving towards him, but we find ourselves moving away from him? Is it possible for Jesus to revive our faith again, to revive our relationship with him again? And the answer, let me say, is yes, or else we wouldn't be having this conversation And what Jesus does is that we see in this passage, he invites us to do three things, which we see in verses two and three. And beginning in verse two, what he tells us to do, the very first thing that he tells us to do is wake up. He says, wake up. And he says, strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. And what he's telling us to do is he's saying, wake up and smell the coffee, right? Open your eyes and see what's going on around you. And Max Dupree, who was a great business leader, he actually said this. He said, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The first responsibility of a a leader is to define reality. And that we would also do that for ourselves. That we would wake up and we would acknowledge where we are. It's sort of like a middle-aged man who used to play sports back in college and still thinks that he could do what he did back then. And so, of course, he goes out and he tries and he pulls a hamstring or he blows out a knee or he gets hurt in a really bad way. And almost every single year at Man Camp, which is our annual men's retreat, this always happens, this always happens to someone. And it's because this person isn't living in reality. They need to wake up to their current situation, to their current circumstances, to their current reality. And this is what Jesus is inviting us to do. He's saying, wake up. Honestly, examine your relationship with me. And that maybe at one point you were alive and that your relationship with me was vibrant and dynamic, but it's not anymore and that we would be honest and that we would have the courage to be honest as well but at the same time this is the thing 
that if you find yourself in this place, understand that hope is not lost. There is still hope. Because if you're watching this today, it tells me that you still have a desire to lean into God, that your faith is still there and that simply it needs to be revived. And that this is actually what Jesus says to the church community in Sardis. He says, wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. He's saying there's still a remnant, remnant there, but you have to do it. And there's an urgency to do it, that if you don't do it right now, it's going to die. And then he continues on and says, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. And then, he continue, and then he says in the next verse that if you actually want the spiritual revitalization to happen, in addition to recognizing and waking up to the current reality, we also have to remember. And that he says this, remember then what you have received and heard. Remember then what you have received and heard. And honestly, I would think that Jesus would say, hey, if you want to begin moving towards me, here's this incredible Knowledge. Here is this incredible piece of information that you've never heard, that you've never known, that will change the trajectory of your life. And I would think that Jesus would have said something like this, but he didn't. Because spiritual revitalization so often isn't about learning something new, but rather it's about remembering something old. And he says, remember what you've seen and heard. Look back on your journey with me. Remember what you used to do. And remember how you used to lean into me in all of those ways. And then lastly, he doesn't just simply say, I want you to wake up and I want you to remember, but he also tells us to keep these things because he says, remember then what you have received and heard. And then he says, keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. And what Jesus is saying is, is that these things that you have remembered, keep them, hold on to them, actually do them. Because for so many of us, including myself, we love to gather like this. We love to be connected like this. And we love to sing songs about how Jesus loves us and how we want to go out and love other people. We love reading the scriptures and we say, you know what, that's the life that I want to live. But then the next day when we're driving to work or when we're driving to school and that person cuts us off, or we get that frustrating email, or we get that frustrating text from that colleague who just gets on our nerves, and that love just seems to go out the window. And what Jesus is inviting us to do is that he says, remember. Remember, look back on your journey. Remember how you used to lean into me. And then hold on to those things and do those things, even in the midst of everything that is going on, that you would live it out. Because as we take step after step, after step, and as we begin to do this day after day, we begin to move towards him and he draws us towards him. And so one of the things that we wanna do is that we don't wanna just talk about these things is that, but also we wanna spend some time in reflection and that we actually want to put these things into practice. And so that we would wake up, that we would remember and that we would also keep these things that we have seen and that we have heard. And so one of the things I wanna invite us to do is just to look at our relationship with Jesus and where are you right now? Are you moving towards him? Are you moving away from him? And if you find yourself that you have been moving away from him, that we would also look back and remember a time when our passion for him was so tangible 
and we would wake up early in the morning before anyone else in our home was awake, long before we had to go to work or school because we wanted to meet with the God of the universe and we also believed that he wanted to meet with us, that we would remember those times. We remember what we did and not only remember those things, but we would also keep them and we would actually begin doing them again and holding on to them. What does that actually look like for you? And so that's what I want us to just spend a moment doing. Just examine, wake up and examine our relationship with Jesus that we would remember and also then that we would also keep doing these things as well. And so I'm gonna pray and then we're just gonna have a few moments of reflection. So Lord, we are grateful for you. And thank you, Lord, that you deeply love us and that you understand that the best place for us is when we are moving towards you, Lord. And so God, as we spend some time in reflection, we pray, Lord, that you would show us and reveal more of who you are to us. Help us to be, give us the courage to be honest, Lord, with ourselves about where we are in our relationship with you, Lord. And if we are and we have been moving away from you and we're disconnected from you, Lord, that you would also remind us of the things that we used to do and also have the courage to once again, to do them again. And so we thank you, Lord. Thank you that you never give up on us. Thank you that you love us. And we pray these things in your son's name. Amen. As we sing one more song together, I wanna encourage you to consider how you can move towards God as we sing these words and as we reflect on his character. Maybe bring to mind a time that you experienced God's goodness, his kindness, his faithfulness, his gentleness towards you. And let that fill you with love for him. Remind yourself what it is like to build your life on his character on who he is and all that he has done for us. So let's make this our prayer as we sing together. none be 
my trust and I will put
You've been listening to the Kensington Church Podcast. If you've enjoyed this recording, check back weekly for new content. You can find Kensington on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, at kensingtonchurch.org.